Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of No Script, No Problem on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? No Script, No Problem is the show that takes you behind the curtain of unscripted television like never before with insight from some of the best in the business of reality television, documentary series, competition shows, social experiment, true crime, and much more. From The Bachelor to Breaking Amish to Love is Blind to House Hunters, if it's unscripted, we'll get into it. I'm your host, Steve Berkowitz. I'm a 15-year veteran producer of unscripted TV with shows like Extreme Makeover Home Edition, BattleBots, Outdaughtered, The Rachel Zoe Project, and Pros vs. Joes, among my credits. Each week, I talk to the talented people who have made unscripted TV, documentaries, and game shows not just something you watch or consume, but a cultural phenomenon. Now, if you enjoy No Script, No Problem, please subscribe and rate the show. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find it on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Steve Berkowitz, and on Instagram, at Steve M. Berkowitz. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. All right, let's get started. Now, if you're a fan of HGTV or home renovation, I think you're going to love this episode. My guest is currently the Group Senior Vice President of Production and Development for HGTV. I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's developed and overseen some huge hits for HG, including My Lottery Dream Home, Property Brothers, Restored by the Fords, Boise Boys, and Brother vs. Brother, among many others. Please welcome Lauren Roosh. Lauren, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. All right. So um, I saw in the press that Design Star um, is coming back to HGTV. I figured that was a good place for us to start. Um, It was a big hit on HG. So what can you tell us um, about the new Design Star? What's it going to be like compared to the old one? Tell me about the the talent that's going to be on it. Uh, What can you tell us? Yeah, I can tell you a lot, actually, now that it's out there uh, for the world to hear about. It's really exciting. I worked on the original Design Star for the last five seasons of the show, and I think it was probably one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. We took a break from it. It's been off the air now for, I think, eight years, and it's time for it to come back bigger and better than ever. And so we have uh, a new cast of characters. It's hosted by Allison Holker-Boss, who you probably know from all of her dance background, her Boss Family videos. Her husband, Twitch, who's on The Ellen Show, and she's just absolutely delightful. Uh, Jonathan Adler is one of our judges, which is amazing. We have a wonderful designer named Lauren Mack, who is a judge, and then we have a revolving third seat. But what makes the show really different and distinct from in the past is we are doing the entire show basically in a bubble. And so we have created a compound where all of the contestants, all the people involved are living, working, designing from this one, almost like the Truman Show, this one gigantic property. All of the items that they will design with are there on the premises. Their design studios are there on the premises. It's all done in this one kind of contained, enormous, beautiful beachfront location. And I think it's going to create a sense of just seeing how incredibly creative these people are working in this kind of one environment and having to do so many different types of challenges and so many different types of design projects. That sounds great. I'm real. that is very exciting. And I do like that new kind of twist 
it brings me to uh, a good question. You've been at HG for a long time and you've seen this kind of evolution of the network. What do you see as kind of where HGTV is now compared to where it was when you first got there? It's a different network and you're having great success. Why do you think that is? Sure. I mean, I've been there now for about 14 years. So I've been here part of HGTV for a very long time, which means I've seen a lot of changes in our programming. When I started, we did primarily single room design shows. I worked on Design to Sell, or we would do uh, a show about mega dens or like kind of smaller yes. spaces yeah. you know, that were beautifully transformed, but it was really much more about the room or the space. What we found over the years is that it was you wanted to see a larger scope. You wanted to learn more about the talent. You wanted to see real renovation. You wanted great takeaway tips. You wanted a lot of the shows to be based in the real life businesses of the talent that were on the air. And so I think Fixer Upper really started that off in a way that we we went from doing single room shows to doing an entire house in one episode. Um, but we've also noticed as of late, some really fun new shows that that show that people want to tap into nostalgia with a very Brady renovation or that want to tap into the world of hotels or motels, not just homes with Renovation Island. I think that what we've realized is that our fans love all things home, but home comes in all shapes and sizes, in all regions, all types of projects, all types of design styles. And so we've basically been just able to open up the breadth of what we do to be a lot more than small scale decor shows. We really do a lot more construction, renovation, character building, storytelling, all the things that really kind of make for good creative television. And it's working. While a lot of cable networks are struggling, you know, and, and the emergence of streaming, but HGTV yeah. is having big success just to kind of throw a few out there. A very Brady renovation, a huge success. Highest rated series, yeah in network history for live plus three day uh, viewing, right? Yeah. Where you did a full scale overhaul of the real Brady Bunch house here in LA, right? Uh, just a few things to note. The finale episode averaged a 1.59, right? Live plus three day rating, right? Like huge in our world, huge. right? <laughs> right? A series garnered a 1.90 live plus three day rating. I mean, that is insane, attracting more than 28 million total viewers, okay? It was also our first time that we were nominated for a primetime Emmy, so that was, was really exciting for yeah, us, too. I, so tell me a little bit, like, this was, you know, and I think you told me this previously, this was kind of the perfect example of a big swing for HGTV. Yep. And so tell me a little bit about a, a very Brady renovation from the, the decision to go for it to, you know, the big payoff with ratings and an Emmy nomination. Absolutely. So this show is an example of how great things could come out of a development meeting because a member of our programming team had brought to one of our regular weekly development meetings that the Brady Bunch house was for sale and he thought that we should buy it. And we basically, you know, like had a record scratch live in the meeting <laughs> and realized we need to do something about this. Like right now, it was a great idea and we thought that we should get on it immediately. Discovery has bought HGTV. We used to be part of the Scripps family. We're now part of Discovery. Discovery are much more risk takers. And so when we went to our leadership team and said, we would like to buy this house, they said, let's do this, which was so exciting for us. Yeah. And so we basically, within 24 hours, put an offer on the Brady Bunch house. 
We had no idea whether or not we were going to be able to lock in the cast. We had no idea who our HGTV designers were going to be that were going to design the spaces. We had no idea if the lot could even sustain building the house in the way that wow. that set would have been replicated in a brick and mortar location. So we took a lot of leaps of faith, but I'll tell you what, it turned out amazingly well. As you said, it was the biggest show we've ever had in the history of the network, but even more so it tapped into that nostalgia factor where I feel like everybody watching our show remembered what it felt like to be 10 years old again. Yes. And that's something you can't really do very often. We, we were able to tap into a time capsule and into nostalgia and create a feeling and create, you know, a warm hug for people that really needed that. And, and it was such a fun project because it was a trip down memory lane. What I really enjoyed was, and I was very curious heading into seeing the project was using the actual old show, how much you could use from clips to the style of the show, the transitions, things like that. And you really did. You used music. Thank you. You used the aesthetic. Because as a kid, you know, that was something that was on when I got home from elementary school. Now I'm dating yep. myself. However, and that was something that watching your show, I was like, oh, okay. Like you said, it was kind of a, a warm cup of, of tea to go, oh, yeah. Yep. Like, so I wasn't just well, that's, watching that's one the of the things show. That, you're exactly right. And one of the things that we really aimed to do from the very beginning was to replicate as much of the original feeling as we possibly could. And you nailed it on the head. We wanted to make sure we could get licensed to use the signature grid for the open. We wanted to make sure to get music that we had access to for the bump ins and the bump outs and the theme song. We wanted to make sure we had actual old footage from the original series so that we could do before and afters featuring the TV show versus what we've created. So we wanted to create an, an experience that was really a 360 experience on sights and sounds, the furnishings, the storytelling, the cast members, just make it as much of a Brady experience as humanly possible. And to get a, nominated for a primetime Emmy, one, how surprised were you? Two, what does it say about HGTV as a whole that you're now at that level to get recognized like that? It was the single most exciting moment of my entire life because I am obsessed with the Brady Bunch and I always have been since I was a kid. I would watch it after school myself. And so the thought of getting to work with the entire cast, become friendly with them, they, they turned out to be just the most wonderful cast you could ever possibly work with. And then to be able to marry that with my HGTV family and our designers and then get nominated for something that was so joy-filled, it was just an experience of a lifetime. And I don't know if I will ever, as many wonderful shows as we create and as many projects of, as I will work on, I don't know if I will ever have the lightning in the bottle that happened with that show because it was just really special. So speaking of, you call it lightning in a bottle, what has the success of a very Brady renovation done in terms of how you look at the slate, how you look at programming for the network? Did you all kind of go, oh, wow, we've got something here. Let's do other things similar to this. Or do you see it as, okay, look, we did this. We had the Brady Bunch. We had the Brady Bunch house. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think it's a combination of both. I think what it made us do is realize that we could have really big special event programs and attract viewers that were not typical for HGTV. So it's a way of introducing new people to our network. And so we've started to implement a strategy of one or two really big events every quarter because it's a way of 
keeping ourselves fresh, bringing in a new audience. I think what we did not want to do is just go down the list of every television show known to mankind and replicate houses based sure. on them. We, we took it as a bigger picture of, we tried a very Brady renovation. We brought back Extreme Makeover Home Edition. We created Rock the Block. You know, we've, we've created other things in our world that were big and special and spectacular and and have started playing with more of those instead of just keeping a more unified kind of bread and butter program on the air. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about another big hit for you, Celebrity IOU. Okay. Yes. Massive hit, 25.7 million total viewers over the course of the first season. And this is where I just, so I'm very curious. You hosted by the Scott brothers. Okay. Yeah. Two of your biggest, your biggest stars. Some of the celebrities that you got. Okay. I'm just like, this is where, you know, as a producer, I'm like, are you kidding me? You got Brad Pitt, Melissa McCarthy, Viola Davis, Michael Buble, Rebel Wilson, Jeremy Renner. Okay. And for insane. people who, yeah, insane <laughs> for people who don't know, you know, tell us a little bit about the show and then I can ask you how God's name you got Brad Pitt. I could explain all of that. The way that we got the show was, well, first of all, what the show is, Celebrity IOU is a chance for top level celebrities to give back to somebody who is meaningful in their own lives with a surprise renovation. So it's not seeing celebrities doing other celebrities homes. It's not a show to celebrate the rich and famous. It's a show where we get to see the real human side of our favorite celebrities who are surprising and delighting someone who was very important to them in their lives with a renovation from the Scott brothers. So that's kind of the premise of the show. Yeah. When the show was originally pitched to us, it was pitched to me directly. And I will never forget this story because it makes me sound like such a Hollywood type, which is not at all who I am. And anyone who knows <laughs> me knows I'm, I'm, I'd much rather like venture towards like the humble or not flashy side. But yeah. when the show was pitched, it was pitched as big celebrities are doing, you know, renovations for people who are important in their lives. And I said, these pitches are great on paper, but right. they're only as good as the celebrities that we're going to get. I said, if you told us we could have Brad Pitt, we'd book the show tomorrow. I was being funny. I did not think there was any chance in the world, literally, of getting Brad Pitt. Three weeks later, the head of the production company calls back and said, we got him. And I said, you got what? And they said, we got Brad Pitt. I said, are you kidding? I mean, I was cracking up. I did not say it with the intention of thinking that we would really get Brad Pitt. But they did. And, they, and the Property Brothers had met him. They created a really nice relationship with him. And the minute that you get someone like that, everybody else is suddenly interested right. because it legitimizes the show. They know we're also HGTV is a safe spot. It's yeah. a safe spot for celebrities. We're out to make everybody look good. We have blue skies and happy endings for everything. It's not a salacious environment. We're not looking to see people arguing. Like it really is that perfect place to, to just celebrate people that you love with beautiful design. And so it just turned out to be such a good season. The Melissa McCarthy episode, I still cry every time I watch it. I've seen this like 10 times now. It's just such a good show because it just shows the the real and human side of celebrity and really incredible transformations at the same time. When I did uh, the original Extreme Makeover Home Edition, by season eight, we were doing this, you know, a celebrity every episode. And yeah. pretty much, I mean, obviously Rebel Wilson wasn't that big at that point but we would always have brad pitt on our list or melissa mccarthy yep. and i would get i would get my list and i go guys come on 
We're never getting it. <laughs> so when I saw you got him, there was a part of me that was like, are you kidding me? Well, so. there was a part of me that thought the same thing. I worked for years. Before I was at HGTV, I worked on a lot of daytime talks and morning shows and that kind of world. And it was always the wish at that time. It was like, we want Angelina Jolie. I just remember, no matter what show I worked <laughs> on, and she was never booked for anything I ever right. worked on. She was, it was just aiming too high. And um, the fact that we landed Brad Pitt, and he was an awesome guy. He was so yeah. great on set. He was so nice to the crew. He was just wonderful on every level. And the fact that he celebrated his makeup artist who's been with him right. for 25 years, it was it was just a beautiful show. And I think that he obviously saw that it was an opportunity to just get a little help doing something that he's not going to have the time to do a full renovation for her, but he knew what it would mean to her. And so I think they saw this show as a form of connection with people that they really care about. Yeah, it was th that particular episode I thought was well done in, in terms of you, you didn't need to do a massive like, oh, let's give her a big home. You saw specifically what she wanted, what she needed. Yeah. And it meant a lot to her. She was shy and everything. So that one in particular, I thought uh, was well done. Well, and also she's like, you know, this wonderful, successful makeup artist that never had a makeup studio to work right. out of. And and so, you know, Brad was literally saying that he would like be sitting in her kitchen for all these years and whatever. And so it was, just, it was also just a good story. It was a cute story. And I think that people found her very kind and relatable. I want to talk about kind of the, the strategy at HGTV. I okay. mean, obviously there's a lot of people who watch the network for what, you know, people, house porn. I mean, it's, Beautiful homes, whether that's mm -hmm. renovation, flipping, real estate, but you also, you know, invest lots of time and money into the talent, right? Yeah. So when you look at whether it's buying a show or when you're overseeing a show, what is your focus? Is it, I care about the talent that we're putting on the screen? Is it, oh, I've got to see beautiful homes and I want to see, you know, like, tell me all about every little detail in the home. Or is it a combination of both? What is it that you guys care about? What is it you talk about in those rooms that, that really makes HGTV great? It's a good question. And there's a few things that we're always looking for. One of them, for us, it all starts with talent. So we want to find people who are genuine experts and people who, we always say in the HGTV world, you want to find people that you want to go grab drinks or dinner with. It's a casual person. It's a friendly person. It's a distinct person. It's a person with a personality that just intrigues you. But the other thing that we're always looking for is everybody on the air needs to have a unique point of view in what they do, because we can't have every show looking and feeling exactly the same. So when you're watching Tamara Day works on bargain mansions, that's her specialty. It's what she does. You automatically understand what her focus is. When you are looking at... Um, Alice in Victoria, you know that she specializes in these crazy, large, expensive Chicago homes and that she brings these things like down to the studs and is willing to do whatever it takes to, to flip them. When you see Nicole Curtis, you know that she's a preservationist that wants to work on kind of bringing homes back to the way they were meant to be. So it's both people that you want to get to know, but you also want to understand their unique point of view so that each show has a kind of interesting flair of its own. I'm excited that you're bringing Ty Pennington on yeah. the network as someone who worked with Ty on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Uh, he's got a, a show coming up with you guys called Tiebreaker. This show so, is so much fun. First of all, you've worked with Ty, so you know that he is just like the most awesome person in the world to work with. And every single one of our designers wanted to 
work with him once they found out that he was coming to HGTV. But what makes this particular show so fun is there's a game-like quality to it. It's called Tiebreaker. And basically what happens is Ty will see how a family is living in their home that is not necessarily working for them. And he tries to figure out a way to make their existing property work for them. We have three different designers that rotate in and out of the show that he is going up against. We have Sabrina Soto, we have Allison Victoria and Grace Mitchell. And their job is to see if they could find a home elsewhere that needs some slight judging and needs a designer's touch that will ultimately suit them better than their existing home. And the family has to decide basically, are they staying where they are or do they want to move to this new property? And it's, it's neat though, because once the family decides which direction they want to go with it, both Ty and that designer work together to achieve the, to achieve, you know, what this family's desires are. So it's a combination of a game, but a collaboration at the same time. And everyone that's seen the, the cuts of it so far, it hasn't aired yet, but it's just so much fun. There's there's a playful quality. It's just, there's there's a lot of fun watching it. You smile while you're watching it. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that one for sure. I do want to ask about getting competition from a platform like Netflix. You know, mm-hmm. they've had success with tidying up with Marie Kondo. They've got shows like The World's Most Extraordinary Homes and, you know, they did Stay Here. They do air Tiny House Nation. Now they've got Dream Home Makeover. As HGTV, do you keep an eye on what Netflix is doing? Do you care? I mean, I think we always want to care what people are working on and we don't want people necessarily in our space. But it doesn't keep me up at night because I feel like we should be the first stop for all things home. And we have a really good track record both within the production community for being good collaborators, but also for buying really significant orders of shows that we're excited about. And so I think we've become a good partner in that if something works, I mean, look at how many episodes of House Hunters are on the air, truly. Like if if something works for us, we want to give our, our viewers as many of those episodes as humanly possible versus some of these other sites, you'll do four or six episodes and then you may see it go away. I think that we, we really give, our shows a chance to have legs for the long haul. And so, yes, I'm always constantly monitoring everything. I like to see what people are watching. It's my job is to, you know, watch content. But at the same time, I'm not concerned in the sense that I think that we will continue to groundbreak and to do good shows and to be the leader in the home space. To stay the leader in the home space, you kind of have to to keep pushing forward. What is that process of whether it's finding the next big hit, finding the next great talent? How do you guys work in terms of greenlighting a show, in terms of, you know, bringing a new talent on? Because, you know, the audience is is always looking for their next favorite show, their next, oh, my God, I want, you know, I love this talent on HGTV. Yeah, I mean, so that's also a good question. And I think that what I would say to that is, my biggest goal is for our programming team to stay curious because the more curious you are, the better development is going to be. And we have a very, very active development room. We take development meetings every single week. Uh, Every single member on our entire programming team takes their own pitches. They could come up with internal ideas. We work with a lot of external ideas. I think if you keep seeing uh, new talent and new concepts and new formats, it keeps you wondering, where could we break our mold? Where could we try to go next? What is out there? What's in the zeitgeist? What are people talking about? What cities are people intrigued by right now? What 
rooms in the house are people most intrigued by right now? You know, we, we stay curious to this whole world of everything, home, home renovation, real estate, fantasy destination, design, decor. And because of that, I think that we're always going to hopefully find the next big thing or the next great idea or see just how far we could push the boundaries of what we could put on the air. I wanted to ask you about a couple of the shows that are also really doing well. Good Bones is one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got a mother-daughter duo there. Why do you, what do you think is the key to the success of that show? Um, you know, obviously uh, growth in the ratings and has really found an audience. I think that what really works about that show, there are a couple things, actually. I think that Mina and Karen have a great relationship that is very fun to watch and they don't take each other too seriously and you feel like you really get to know them by watching the show and i think that's always intriguing i think the other thing that you see is their love for their community in indianapolis and there's something about seeing the real stakes of working in your own hometown and trying to save a hometown and making it more livable that touches something in people and so i think between the familial bond and the bond to this city and the beautiful work that they're doing, it just really is a nice sweet spot for a show that's going to be successful. One of the newer ones, right, that came on this summer, Help I Wrecked My House, yeah. right, you know, with Jasmine Roth. That I found, like, interesting that it did, you know, ranking number one, the number one cable premiere in its time slot. You know, you're airing it on a Saturday night and it's still getting good numbers. That's a kind of a, an interesting twist on a show. Tell me a little bit about that and were you surprised to see it get such good numbers. Actually, it was very intentional with this particular show. So Jasmine Roth is one of our great talents. She was on a very Brady renovation as well and, and the host of Hidden Potential. She actually wanted to work for a show that was saving and rescuing people who got in too deep, where they started projects or they got stuck mid-project, whatever the case may be, but the house just didn't get completed in the way that they wanted. And she came in and kind of saved the day on it. We also knew that we had an opportunity with Saturday nights because we have not had a huge standout hit on a Saturday night for a while. And so we thought we should go for a talent that people love and that people know and try a concept there. And it really was the perfect combination. The, the show rated quite well. It was very satisfying. And I think it kind of tapped into Jasmine's skill set as well. And so it was it was a win-win on that one. You also aired Backyard Takeover on Saturday night with my good friend Jamie Dury, a show that, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, that I worked on. And that you did worked really on well, that. too. Yeah, it I, did. Yeah. It did really well. I guess that begs the question is, like, who is the HGTV viewer? I mean, this is a very kind of broad question, but, like, you know, how do you get an HGTV viewer to watch on a Saturday night? I'm sure that other network execs would love to have those types of numbers. Well, We're getting over we a million like, viewers. It's kind of crazy. First of all, thank you for producing a good show because I think part oh. of the, with Backyard Takeover was it really was a very fun and charming show. The way that Jamie interacts with kids is amazing too. I just I think he's just such a delightful talent to watch. I think that one of the reasons why people are watching on Saturdays more than ever is quite honestly the state of the world and people just aren't leaving their homes as much right now because of the whole pandemic and all of that. So sure. part of it is just that there is an opportunity for people to watch more television than they may have a year or two ago. But I think the other thing is we are that comfort zone or that warm blanket. We always use that analogy, but it's like, if you are home on a Saturday night, if you don't have plans, What's going to make you feel the most comfortable watching HGTV? It just, it's a place where you go to when you want to just feel happy or stress-free or 
non-political or whatever words you want to use. And so I think that we we do very well in general, almost every night of the week. We're not one of those networks that only gets a rating on a Monday or a right. Sunday. We're very evenly distributed because people watch us for the same feeling, which you could get any night of the week. I know that you guys get pitched couples, you know, uh, you know, the net people tell you, oh, I've got the next Chip and Joanna. Yeah. Or you you have people who think they're the next Chip and Joanna all the time. I mean, you, you know, you get pitched couples and you get pitched designers and contractors all the time. You know, for, for you as an SVP, what is that X factor that you look for in a piece of talent? To me, the X factor, I think the X factor that I look for is someone who is true to themselves and not trying to be someone else. We've had a lot of talent tapes come in that I call copycat tapes, where it almost looks like people have studied HGTV so closely that they're trying to be the next Chip and Joe, or trying to be the next uh, Nicole Curtis or whatever it is. I think that what we want are people that have their own POV, that you feel like what you're seeing is what you would see whether or not cameras were rolling. And to us, that's an authentic talent. It's a talent with really great design. It's a talent with a really unique approach you know, we have, we have a brand new series called Selling the Big Easy. I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but it's a Friday night show about a realtor by the name of Brittany Piccolo Ramos, who is selling these gorgeous homes in New Orleans. And when we saw her original talent tape, she had me in stitches because she was so comfortable in her own skin and so true to herself that it passed my barometer of like, I want to go get drinks with this woman. Like, I'm so <laughs> intrigued by her. And yeah. so to me, that's what it kind of comes down to is, do you want to spend more time with these people? Not just because they know what they're doing, not just because they could, you know, dress nicely. Just do you like the uniqueness of the individual and who they are? That That's an interesting point, because when I think of real, you know, quote unquote, reality TV characters, right? Like I always say, like they they make they should make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. They need to be unfiltered. That's not the same thing. That's not HGTV. You know, HETV, right, they, they need to be experts in their field. And then they really do need to, like, the audience needs to feel like, oh, my God, they're my best friend, right? Totally. I always say that our talent are so different than a typical reality TV contestant. Because our talent are the types of people that if you ran into at the airport, you feel like you know them and you are so comfortable that you just start a conversation with them. You right. know, there's not an intimidation factor. There's not a better than type of vibe. Our, our talent are really genuine. And the truth is they are that great. I've worked at a lot of other places in my life and you kind of, you have to put up with a lot with, with certain types of people that are on camera. Our talent are wonderful. They're experts that are living their best lives, that are pursuing their passions. So you are basically seeing people who are doing what they want to be doing with their lives. I do have to ask, you know, in, in this age in our, in our business, right? Uh, the push for diversity, is important and every network is kind of being pushed that in that direction. Is HGTV um, one of those networks that is trying to diversify and add people of color to their network? Absolutely on every possible part of our network too, though. I think it's just as important. We would like better representation on our shows. We'd like better representation behind the scenes with our production companies, with, uh, in-house, you know, just more diversity even within our own team. I think that's crucial. We want to make sure that when people watch us, they feel represented. And 
I think that we could do a better job. It's one of the things that we really focused a lot on over the past year. And I think you're going to start seeing a really nice kind of change of, of more characters and people from different backgrounds. And I think you're going to start seeing more representation uh, very, very soon on the air. In fact, already a little bit. But it's one of the things that we're really working very hard towards. We mentioned Netflix previously. Discovery, who owns HGTV, will be launching their own direct-to-consumer platform, right? What will yep. that entail for your network? Um, do you know anything about that? Will that give your audience more programming, more options, or do you not know at this point? I think it's a little bit early stages, but I think that what you're going to find is that our goal with anywhere that we distribute shows is to offer as much variety and distinct programming that fits into our space. And so, although this site will obviously encapsulate a lot of different brands on the HGTV front, we want to satisfy that person who just loves home programming. And so it's a good time for developers right now to pitch us ideas because I think we are going to be buying more and more because we're going to have more outlets for the types of shows that we want to create. So I don't have any details on the specific lineup or, you know, those details are going to be released in the next couple of weeks to the public. But what I can say is that we are really looking to expand our programming lineup right now. And so if you are a production company or producer listening to this, it's a good time to pitch us because I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for new shows and new series. Well, then I am ready to pitch you. I'm just kidding. Just good. Kidding. Uh, <laughs> but but it actually that brings up a good good follow up to that for someone out there who's listening. What should they be pitching you right now for HGTV for for Lauren Rouge? What are you looking for right now? That's a good question, because when you describe what we're looking for, it always almost sounds the same from one year to the next, because in theory, everything has to come back to the world of home. So if it's anyone that in any way, shape or form works in any capacity on anything having to do with home, we would love to be your first stop. So if you find dynamic real estate experts or designers, stagers, uh, renovators of any sort, preservationists, contractors, like we want to see people that spark interest. On the other hand, we're also open now to taking format pitches. So if you have an idea for a great show that isn't cast, but you think has such a good hook that we could cast it later, I think that's something that we're open to as well. We basically just want to be that one-stop shopping for all things home. So I, a lot of people will ask me like, what city should we focus on or what city do you guys yeah. want to go to? And I would say, to me, that's not that important. You could have four shows in the same city if each one is led by someone who has a completely different approach to what they're doing. So I'm less concerned with regionality and more concerned with just a diverse group of characters with different backgrounds, different um, focuses, and the criteria that we were talking about earlier are just people that you want to get to know better. And within those worlds, the sky's the limit because we want to buy a lot of programming. Nice. That's good. Good to know. Is there a moment you you said that the Melissa McCarthy episode on Celebrity IOU always makes you cry? You've been at HGTV for a long time. That means plenty of reveals, uh, plenty of transformations. Is there a moment in your career at HGTV that you look back on and go, wow, like I will always remember that. That is something that I take tons of pride in. And, you know, I love talking about that moment. Is there like a behind the scenes moment that you would share with fans of the network or people that you can say that represents everything that this network's about? 
I think there are a couple of them. I think one of them was day one of shooting a very Brady renovation when all six of the cast members were together for the first time in 20 something years. And it was an emotional experience for all of us. It was just this crazy feeling of, oh my God, we are gonna be creating some sort of history and a national treasure in a house that never existed in the real world. And it was just a very powerful moment where even some of us behind the scenes were basically almost like holding hands and just like, I hope this is as special as what it feels like. So that was one moment on a completely different end of the spectrum. And you probably have this shared experience. Being on the set of Extreme Makeover Home Edition is yes. life-changing. It's yeah. a truly life-changing experience that I wish everybody would have the opportunity to experience at some point because you are seeing the power of community, of people who are working in it together, and I called it the perfect dance. It's that example of every single person there knew exactly what they needed to do, what their role was, why this family deserved it, and, and the timelines are real, which people always question you didn't really build a house in five days. Right. Yes, we did. I was there. I, I tell this crazy, funny story. I was on set for the very first episode, which shot in Fresno, California, and I had to take a conference call. And so I blocked an hour out to take a call and walked away from set, got on the phone. And in that one hour, I missed the entire pool getting installed. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, this is crazy. I've been waiting all day to see the pool. I take one phone call and I missed it because yep. things just happen so quickly and powerfully. So I think that was a very special experience as well. Yeah. I, I mean, again, that, that was a life-changing experience for me to be a part of that. You know, there is on that particular show, there is no red state, blue state. It's the one show yep. that it's about helping your community. It's about helping your neighbor and you don't ask, well, who do you support or anything like that? You're just helping people out. And it's a thousand people coming together to give a hand to someone. And that was the amazing. Yeah, that was the amazing part of that show. To me, that show was what America should be on every level. It was people that cared about people and cared about community and believed that everybody deserved to live a little bit better than than the way that they were. And it was just it was really a, a very powerful experience being there some of my best interviews I've ever done, and we're talking 10 years ago, were on that show because you're you're doing something that you know is is helping a family. And so your questions, the questions that you ask, the preparation, everything you do on that show, you know, is for the betterment of that family, of that community. And so, you know, like I would sit there with those families and I would cry and, you know, you put a little bit of extra into that show so you're right you you do we i have another kind of interesting story which isn't even my own but i just thought i was so touched by it was um the director on on that show steve was just so into it and so involved that we were doing a shoot in utah the shoot finished and two nights later he just felt the need to drive by the house that we'd created for this family and he saw them sitting on their front porch sipping lemonade and he started to cry because he felt like he he was like part of this life-changing moment. And I was like, what an awesome show where someone who's working 20 hours a day, it's insane amounts of work, is choosing his free day to go see that that family was enjoying the house that we'd created yeah. in the show. It just, it was very touching to me. I always like to kind of end the episodes talking about what you're, you know, what to watch 
And so obviously you've got some new shows coming up on HGTV that you can tell us about. Um, there's a couple of things that I would really encourage watching right now, just because I, as a viewer, am liking them, even though I work on them too. One of them is called My Big Italian Renovation, which is on Friday nights at nine. And it's Lorraine Bracco from Sopranos fame and Rizzolian Isles. And, and nice. you know she is, oh, but yeah. she bought a one euro house in italy and let us follow her for the entire process and the show is hilarious and real and heartwarming and like who doesn't want to dream of being in italy in a time like this sure. so that's one that i just think is, is super fun i'm watching cuts now of a show one of our holiday shows which is fun too which is called the biggest little christmas showdown and it's our first ever miniatures competition so they're the best dollhouse and miniaturists in wow. the world competing to do these incredible creations that are at like a tenth of the scale and so it's much more nuanced and much more close up and much tinier than what we're used to but it's fascinating because it's a home building world it's just a home building world done on a smaller scale nice i watched my octopus teacher think is what it was called this documentary on netflix about a guy who basically spent a year um exploring this literally the same octopus he had like taken a year off of his life he's a filmmaker and went and kind of spent a year examining and, and you know this this octopus and wow, if anybody cool. if anybody gets a chance to see it they definitely should the cinematography alone is worth just watching it. It's, it's you know, an hour and a half. Um, I haven't and, seen it yet, but I've known like five different people that said the minute you see that, you will never eat an octopus ever again <laughs> because you get to have such an appreciation for how intelligent they are and the story behind them. So I'm curious to see that myself. First of all, you learn a lot about the octopus. Second of all, you're just like fascinated by the ocean and by this, you know, this individual's kind of dedication to this that's very cool. Thank you so much for doing this and for your time. I know you, that you're a busy man. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I was right. really, uh, it was an honor to be invited. So thank you so much. Now for everybody listening, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, download, and rate it. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find it at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Berkowitz and on Instagram at Steve M. Berkowitz. Please remember, subscribe, download, rate it with five stars. You can also write a question. If you have one, I'll answer it. You can email those questions. No script, no problem podcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you to Mike DeLay and Real Voice LA for the audio connection. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Steve Berkowitz for No Script, No Problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.